Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Sustainability podcast. We are now launching a new type of episode called Insights. Insights will feature clips taken from our regular longer episodes. We will pick segments from previous episodes which we find insightful, inspiring, critical, or simply worth sharing on their own. Our regular longer interviews will continue as usual, but we hope these Insight episodes will make some of the content more available. And the Insight episodes will appear in the same podcast feed along with the normal episodes, but they will be distinguished by the title, so it'll first say Insight and then the name of the person who is featured on that Insight episode from a previous podcast. This Insight episode is a clip taken from episode 17 of the podcast with Harini Nagendra. Harini is a professor of sustainability at Azim Premji University in Bangalore, India. In the clip, Harini explains some of the challenges and biases of the science system between the global north and the global south. Yeah, I wanted to just read a small quote from the, the, the abstract of that, of that article. The second half of the abstract says, quote, cities in the global south have strong imperatives and unique but often overlooked capacity to innovate and experiment for sustainability. We call for a renewed research focus on urbanization in the South and suggest targeted efforts to correct structural biases in the knowledge production system. So you, you kind of outlined why some of the cities in the in the global South have, have different types of, of, of perhaps problems, but also uses than in, in areas of the global North. Um, but then you say, you know, we need to correct these structural biases in the knowledge production system for how we better understand these and put them into the scientific literature. Can you can you expand a little bit on, on what you mean by this? <laughs> I'd be happy to. Uh, and you'll have probably have to get me to stop after some time so it doesn't become a rant. But, uh, you know, we looked at so one of the things we did in the paper was looked at the top thousand cited papers. If you look at the appendix, so on sustainability in cities in the past 10 years. So what, what happens with the top thousand papers? And uh, if you look at the top hundred of the top thousand, it doesn't really change in terms of a pattern. Most of the top cited papers come from the global north. They're written by scholars in the global north. They focus on either global cities or global north cities. And these are the cited papers. China is, is an exception. China stands out because Chinese scholars write on Chinese cities and use their own frameworks to manage Chinese cities. So it's just, you know, it's a different, it, it completely stands out in the picture. But if you take China out and look at all the other global south cities, there, there is, you know, all our literature clearly comes from the global north. These, the literature that is produced within these cities doesn't get cited. And the structural biases, I think, are many. I'll give you one, I think, very egregious example, which I'm now dealing with. It's a PhD student uh, who's writing on urbanization in uh, the Himalayan mountains and uh, submitted it to a journal. I will not tell you what journal because it's still being reviewed. But uh, over three rounds, uh, the editor in charge of the journal has written back saying he does not like the use of the word urban as a global south because he said that's a biased thing, uh, that's a biased statement to make and there is no evidence to show that global south cities are different from global north cities. That's one. Another thing that he, this editor is now asking for is that we get this manuscript professionally proofread because the English is not sufficiently, you know, or off the standards that the journal needs. And uh, so she had to do this. I mean, she's a PhD student, so she's at the bottom of the pecking order and she needs this paper and it's a, it's a well-cited journal, so we will do this. But, uh, I mean, we, our English is perfectly good. We, it does not need to be proofread. So, you know, this is, these are sort of silly little things, but they sting. But there are a number of other fundamental things. Each time you write a research paper from, let's say, a city like Bangalore, I 
cannot tell you the number of times that papers have come back saying this is a case study this is interesting but maybe you should submit it to a regional journal but a case study in a us city is always a global case study a, a city of, uh, sorry a paper of global relevance right so these are i mean this is this is personal experience but like i said discussing with researchers from the global south this is regular repeated everyday experience i think for everyone if you have a paper that comes in from let's say chile or brazil and it might be a nationwide study of uh, protected areas and conservation in these will it make it to a mainstream journal like science and nature it's more difficult but if you have a paper that is a study of conservation across the us no question that it's globally relevant right so there are a lot of structural biases if you look at conferences and conference panels and plenaries across the world it there are it's so dominated by global north researchers so we were in fact uh, joking about this thing just like you have a lot of manuals being called out could you have a word called a northel you know and, and see who who sits on these panels and who's actually talking about cities from the perspective of the global south can you actually change any of these discourses i think it's very difficult because a lot of even the research that is being done on the global south is often by academics based in the global north i mean which is fine i'm not saying that you have to be in a city but how many times do you see a global south researcher from one part of the world working on another part of the world like let's say an indian working on brazilian cities or an indian working on a us city you don't see that and so there are structural biases because no one will give you funding living in let's say in brazil to work on um, kenya right brazilian funding will be to work on cities in brazil or forests in brazil and so there are a lot of other structural biases if you look at the future earth funding programs now and future earth re- replaced a lot of the other international funding uh, you know uh, not funding but the international research programs like diversitas or the global land project which is now the global land program and so the funding mechanisms are now different but what future earth often relies on are calls which are across different countries which are it's from their national program so to give you one example there was a coastal commons study that i knew someone else had applied for and uh, the us south africa and india if they wanted to do a collaborative project south africa was getting funded by its uh, national science foundation india by its version of that and the us by their version of that so the us funding was about 10 times as much as uh, the south african funding or the indian funding so obviously you know what what research are you going to get who's going to drive the theoretical framework who's going to have the postdocs the us partner and so who's going to be the pi the us partner and who's going to be the co-investigators who are providing data from the ground south africa and india where do the theories emerge from and where does the you know where is the shaping of new new frameworks going to come from from the us so there are structural biases of many kinds i think that uh, you can really see from from this very tiny annoying bit of you know here get a proofreading certificate because you don't know how to write english to a funding problem which is much more deep and structural but there's a lot i mean this is just I, i've just got started but i don't want to take over the podcast for this there's definitely room i think within the the realm of sustainability research or sustainability science to study the science system itself and to study how the process of knowledge creation shapes the narratives around sustainability that we have and i think that's something that i'm also interested in um and that others are starting to look at particularly this north and south divide 
If you enjoyed this Insight episode of the Finding Sustainability podcast, you can listen to full interviews with all of our guests in the podcast feed. You can also find us on Twitter at find underscore sust underscore pod, or you can visit our website www.essnetwork.net forward slash podcast. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and can be streamed from our website. This podcast is part of the Environmental Social Science Network. For more information about the network and how to get involved, please visit our website. Thank you for supporting the podcast.